Hey kids, this is Aaron from the podcast that wouldn't die. And Kevin and I use Zencaster. You think you're better than us, that you're using something else? You're wrong. Zencaster's the place to be. Who are you to deny it? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you thought about podcasting before and realized that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code DIEHARD and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time for you to share your story. Only a fool will give up a chance for a 30% discount. Welcome to Movies for Days, your non-pretentious easy access movie chat podcast. These are the words that begin every episode of Movies for Days, right here at the Movies for Days Network, your weekly deep dive into a different film of any genre, from any decade, with anybody's guess as to how we chose that movie that week. Available now on Spotify, Anchor, Podcast Addict, Audible, CastBox, Google Podcasts, and basically anywhere else podcasts can be heard. So if you're looking for a little less pretentiousness and a little more movie chat to your podcast, look no further than Movies for Days. That's movies as it is, four like the number four, days spelled with a Z. Movies for Days. Check us out on Twitter at Movies Days. Movies is spelled regular, days is spelled with a Z, because we're so cool like that. <laughs> episode of the podcast that wouldn't die i'm your host kevin and with you as always is aaron Woo! this week we're discussing the horror classic creep show directed by george romero with stephen king ted danson uh <laughs> leslie still Nielsen. wearing a rug still wearing a rug ted danson so ed harris and his oh. dance moves oh yeah, there we go talk about that we Adrian Barbo, Adrian Barbo, Hal Hal Holbrook. It is, it is ridiculous. Let me, let me just say right now, we have a very special guest with us. Film Effect Podcast own Ed. How's it going? I'm here. What's up? Finally, (laughs) after having you guys on my show a couple times, I'm finally on this podcast. Boom. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming. It's we're gonna have a ball, baby. Love Creep Show. Can't wait to talk about it. 
That's right. Each week on the podcast that wouldn't die, we discuss guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the horror and sci-fi genre with a comedic twist. Aaron, what's up with you? I saw Evil Dead the Musical on Friday the 13th, and it was amazing. It was it takes bits and pieces from all the movies, you know, college kids go into a cabin. Blood, there's so much blood that in between scenes they had to take people with beach towels and just clear the stage off. The first five rows were the splash zone, so they gave everybody these t-shirts with targets. And it was just someone would get stabbed and it would just be sprayed and they'd turn, it's hitting people in the face. It was hysterical. It's like a Gallagher show is what you're saying. It was perfect. <laughs> I had a gin and tonic and I was, I was laughing my ass off. Oh, it's that kind of show. Open bar. It's, it is not an open bar. It's a cash bar. <laughs> that but, would be better uh, if it was an open bar. That'd it would be, be better if it was an open bar. That would explain my $40 ticket. But gin and tonic, 10 bucks. Can't go wrong. And I didn't did, tip. Did, did <laughs> tip. That's not Aaron. Come on. That's not appropriate. <laughs> um, did they incorporate Evil Dead Rises, perchance? No, only the good movies. Uh, well, we haven't seen it, so who's to say? It may be Didn't the we? jewel of the bunch. Didn't we? We did see Evil Dead. We saw the remake, but we didn't see <sighs> Evil Dead Rises. Did you see any of those, Ed? Oh, yeah. Big fan. <laughs> I, I've also saw Rise. It's, uh, I have thoughts on it. It's, it's different. I don't know. It, I've, I've watched it twice. First time I was kind of eh on it. But then the second time I liked it more. So now there's know. a cheese grater scene. There's I a cheese grater right. scene, but I felt like the the trailers kind of spoiled it because you know it's not it's not a massive scene. It's not like I don't know. It, it got a lot of overhype in some moments of the film, but it wasn't that know. bad. They made We're they made some choices. We've seen a lot more cheese graters in our horror films these days. I feel like we're getting to the point where there must be some grating at some point. Absolutely. Get yeah. one of those old school where it's like a cheese grater where it does like a strip. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe Shrink <laughs> flesh. Love it. Shrink. Anywho, good times. <laughs> so I have to go see Evil Dead the musical. And they sang? Yes, and dance. And, you know, the Deadites, they they die and they're bleeding everywhere. And then they keep jumping up and doing yet a, another Who's Evil Now is their song as they each start turning. It, it was very it was very amusing. I was laughing my butt off. Was there my, a number my, for the tree scene? There oh. were there were tree apply, uh, implied. And then I think a Bruce Campbell was starting to get molested at one point, but... It was all fun and games. I was like, oh, oh. but the tree started surrounding the first girl. I was like, oh, is this, is this going to take a turn? What's, what song goes along with rape? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wrote the song? Stephen Sondheim? I mean. No, because it was good. Okay. What? That's a shot. Yeah, That's I'm a shot. That Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah, it was, it was an operetta. 
And then the HMS Pinafore sailed by. <laughs> the only thing I know about Gilbert and Sullivan was that movie, The Pirate Movie. Did you ever see that with Christy McNichol and Christopher Atkinson? Or The Pirates of Penzance with, with Rex Smith, yeah, Linda Ronstadt, Kevin Klein as the Pirate King. Give me a break. I stole the co- double album from the Palm Springs Library. Still have it. They're probably looking for you right, right about now. That's right. Ten thousand dollars is my fine now. <laughs> Ten thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Aaron, let's get this show back on the track. Give us your thirty-second synopsis of Creep Show. Let me just say before I do that that Please. I once owned a copy of the gra- the original graphic novel that came out at the same time. And I had left it at home in a briefcase that I stole from my dad with, uh, I believe, the the original Dark Knight uh, graphic novel and a bunch of Bay City roller things that when I returned to gather, my brother had dumped out, commandeered, and destroyed all of the above. That is so not true. I think a goddamn lie. All the graphic novels had been folded backwards at least 20 times, and it was a massacre. Absolutely. Absolutely uh, abject lies. Lies is all I could say. Although I do- Reflect on your life. I feel like I still have the killing joke, if I'm remembering this correctly. I don't think I have the creep show. And I have to say, I was like seven- or something. No excuse. And that that's why I destroyed it. Because I could not be held responsible. Um, that graphic novel is graphic. If you know what I'm saying. It's, as a seven year old. It was giving me nightmares. Flipping through that damn thing. It was serious. Which is why it was in my locked briefcase. In my former room. So FYI. I, I didn't pick a lock or something. What do you think I'm doing here? You you ordered a lockpick out of the back of Boys Life magazine. <laughs> they did have those back then. And, along with your sea monkeys, and that's that what it. happened. Sweet Lord. And let me just say, I was super into Stephen King all through high school. All babysitting money went to buy hardback novels, because who can f***ing wait for a paperback? That's real. That's yeah. real, real. Um, so basically, <laughs> Creepshow... Is a, is a comic book. You, you, you have like the opening uh, with the crazy family about a kid with his psychotic, I'm going to say stepfather, but uh, throw it in the trash. What is this garbage? And I used to love those, those terrifying old comics, by the way. Like Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Like Tales the from the Crypt. Yeah. yeah, because our library used to have them. So I used to used to go look at that. So then it's like four vignettes, little stories. One about a creature and a crypt. Oh, my brother's waving five at me. There's <laughs> there's the birthday cake Bedelia, which is by far my favorite. You got a uh, you got the thing basically locked in a crate with uh, the bride of the swamp monster. You've got, what's the other ones? Father's Day, the lonesome, oh, and the one I hate the most is the lonesome death of Jordy Barrel because it makes me feel sad and I don't want to be sad. And then they're creeping up on you and the Tide one. But really the best one, 
the tied you over Something because we all nobody really likes Ted Danson. So if he's going <laughs> to drown, why not? But really, the it where's my cake, Bedelia? Classic. That's what I want to say every birthday. All right, talk amongst yourselves. Um, let's let's go back. When did you Ed? When did you see this the first time? Do you remember? Oh boy, uh, I can't pinpoint the exact first time, but I was very young. I mean. I was born in 84. I'm a baby compared to you guys. Um, shots fired. <laughs> unintentional shots. <laughs> probably around the the pristine year of 88, 89. I was probably like four or five when I first saw this. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got into heart at a very young age. So. Absolutely. Aaron, you saw this in the theater? or what? I saw it in the theater. Wow. See, I... Uh... I think I saw it on TV at that, you know, not that, at that time, but yeah. a few, several years later, probably late eighties. I imagine. I, I remember I was in junior high when creep show two came out, the less heralded <laughs> sequel, uh, which only had three stories, by the way. I mean, it's I supposed feel to be like... a fourth. I actually have a graphic. Uh, speaking of graphic novels, I have a little comic that they actually plays out the fourth story that they didn't film. Oh, really? What was the fourth story? Uh, it was called Pinball. Oh, no, 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 no. What's it called? Um, hang on a sec. I'll put you on the spot. Because it's, it's about a bowling alley. Um, I just actually read it the other day. Um, Pinfall. So it's called Pinfall. Oh, okay. And um, it's it's basically kind of like um, the Big Lebowski, with the, but with a dead team sort of is like the best way to describe it it's it's basically this uh this this team this dead team plays this other team and like you know the the the, the usual horror tropes would have happened where like heads yeah. are going down the lane and stuff like that and they take it <laughs> at one part they they take a guy's fingers where and stick them into like the sharpener or the bowling ball like mechanics are and it's pretty graphic it's i can understand why they didn't film it but it's actually um, Arrow Video put out Creepshow too about six seven years ago, and the first like thousand copies uh, comes up a hardback with the comic, and that's how I got my hands on it. Oh, I really? A, I actually won it on eBay uh, a few months ago for like nice. fifty bucks. So a bargain at twice the price. Yes, yes. <laughs> I and I have to say, I kind of enjoy Creepshow too. Not I'm a big as fan much of as it. the original. I like, I, not as much as this one, but I do like Creepshow 2 a lot. Never saw it. Wow. Really? Because I well, I mean, I'm trying to remember. Maybe it doesn't you know have this it doesn't have the star study cast like this one does. George Kennedy. But it does it does have people in it that are that are, you know, now nowadays <laughs> kind of a big deal, I guess. Um uh, I just remember how whole yeah, how Holbrook's like son is in the second store is in the second one, and he's the guy who's like local, the fat oh, guy who oh. shout the arrows. <laughs> that's Holbrook's son. That's hilarious. So that's hilarious. Um, okay, well, why don't we just jump right into the highlights, shall we? Let's First, right. we got to talk about uh, the wraparound the prologue. Story. The, pro- the prologue, if you will, yeah. with crazy Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins without Tom a mustache. Atkins. Without a mustache, Sam's though. Mustache. You, get half, you get half the Atkins in this movie. I just want to know who convinced him to shave that stash, man. Seriously. Who thought that was a good idea? I just, so I, I, 
Oh my They're God. like, man, it's not the seventies anymore. If you want to be relevant, get dump the stash. And that's what we got. <laughs> Is that what you Big think mistake. happened? That was a conversation. <laughs> Big mistake. Big and mistake. Aaron, you you talked about this. I love it where it's like the abusive father, <laughs> you know, smacking the kid around for reading some horror comic books. And I love the kid goes back at him with uh, yeah, what about saying? the sex books? Yeah, this is actually it's not about <laughs> sex stuff. The sex books in your sock drawer, uh, yeah. you know, and he gets a smack for that one. Well, you know who that is, right? I, I looked it up because the kid annoyed the shit out of me. Okay. I Googled it too. Okay. He, I was like, who? I literally wrote down, this kid is the worst. <laughs> Joe Hill. <laughs> it was, yes. It was Stephen King's son at the time, credited as Joe King. Yes. But is now, you Joe know, an, an author, a published mm-hmm. novelist under the name Joe Hill. You know, no, no Nepo baby for him. So good <laughs> no, on no, him. No, no, no. Right. Richard Bachman. Right. No Nepo baby, my ass. <laughs> but I like it. Joe, Joe King joking. Ah, look at that. There you you go. think that was a coincidence? I don't know. Is his name Joe? His name, I, I believe it's Joe. Because more recently, Joe's... he did the the, the original the adaptation of the Black Phone. Oh, really? He wrote the story that the film is based on. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, he's he's like successful. Yeah, he is. You know? He's kind of a big deal in the horror world still. Yeah, he is absolutely not so much in the acting world. No, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. This was a one and done for old Joe. <laughs> i was like tom give him another crack while you're at it for god's sakes well no. the best part is okay you throw the comic book away but is no one seeing the posters that are in the room <laughs> no i mean right the whole room was like covered it's like that kid uh from salem's lot it was like his room basically yeah. We're like you know uh and, and unless he has a job one of these tra- crazy people raising him are the ones buying all this shit Absolutely. And what's Absolutely. up with Romero focusing on that happy pumpkin for like 15 seconds before we see anything? <laughs> He's an artist. Okay. A happy ass <laughs> pumpkin on the fucking windowsill. He was making choices. He was. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I, I, I'm, I'm going to go right to the end. I like at the end where the, the well, first of all, the kid's like, <laughs> what do you say? Like, da- God damn you to hell, dad. Or so he says some in an evil devil voice. Right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a Tommy Jarvis die, die it was. almost. Yeah. Absolutely. So then at the end, of course, the kid mails away for like a voodoo doll, which he proceeds to <laughs> massacre his father for throwing away his comic book. So. And Tom Savini plays one of the garbage guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's he like, oh, yeah, the, look at this voodoo thing. Oh, it's already filled out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody already took the voodoo thing. Yeah. X-ray specs? Absolutely. If if you read comic books from back in the day, like late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. they are chock full of crap like that at the back where you can send away for worthless so <laughs> Alligators. Yes. Yeah. Sea uh, monkeys. I literally remember sending away from one of the joke boxes. And what was the joke? It was nothing in it? No, it's like, you know, it's like the sne- itching powder, sneezing whoopee powder, whoopee cushion, that kind of stuff. And how, do, I mean, honestly, they sold x-ray specs, which were just 
Glasses with like red film over them. No, what? cardboard with a tiny hole for you to see. It's yeah. not so you can see, it's so that other people are freaked out that you're seeing them naked. <laughs> so I see. I see. That's what it is. It's for, it's for fooling the other people. Interesting. Yes. It's called false Mind advertising power. and lies. Absolutely. If you believe it, as we learned from Trump, if you believe it, <laughs> if you say it, it is then true. People are saying. People, People are, are saying X ray specs. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to the first actual story? And that is Father's, Father's Day. Day. Go best. for it. What do you guys got? This is my Dude. favorite story. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. I love how this kicks off the entire film. It's 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 short and sweet. As a matter of fact, I love how this film is structured. The first three stories. Just bang them out in like forty five minutes, and the last two yes. stories just take forever. Actually, it's it's more of like the um the crate story is like forty five minutes long. Oh, that's too long. We'll get it to it. Long. Yeah, it is too long. <laughs> but this is great. I love how it's just it's got the right amount of time. The the makeup effects. The where's my cake material? There's so much about this. Ed Harris's killer moves on the dance floor. Oh my god! Oh, his Holy his crap. moves. His moves. Look if out. If you have not seen this movie, watch this movie for this scene alone. Where they're, don't let go. And he's doing this kind of a weird, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I've always wanted to get down the way he does, man. He's got some moves on him. <laughs> totally non-self-conscious. I'm sure George Romero just turned on the camera and said, do your thing, Ed. And right. this is what he started doing. <laughs> oh, love it. Love yeah. it. Sorry. Clearly he has no clout. I swear they shoot him looking down to make him look even smaller than he is versus when he became famous. Now he's a giant. Right. He was literally a leprechaun in this. Absolutely. Uh, but I love it was all a slice of life. It, it is like still some 70s clothes going on. You can't, make, you can't make this shit up. But my favorite is that f***ing crazy aunt with the long gray hair yes. with the black eyes. She is no whites. It is all pupil. I don't know what's going on, but I want to be here and I just want to smoke cigarettes, drink scotch, and say <laughs> enigmatic things to people and freak them out. Aunt Sylvia is who you're talking about. That's my dream. Like, I just have in my notes here. This family is nothing but a bunch of ritzy, condescending asses, except for Ed Harris. He's just married into the madness. Right. Right. And they hate they hate him. Everybody else yeah. hates him. Oh, he's a hick because he wears jeans with a big belt buckle. And he he's, does crazy disco dancing. He's, Little yeah. do they know he'll be an astronaut one of these days. Very soon. <laughs> Absolutely. No and to question. think that this was his second film with Romero because he came from yes. Night Riders. The year That's right. This. He was like part of the Romero stable of actors. Yeah. This is only like a third or fourth film. He was very young in the industry. Yeah. He didn't come back for anything else. I think this was it for no, him. No, this was it for him. He did two films of George and was like, all right, I got a taste of the hard, and I'm going to go film the right stuff. <laughs> Which I love. I love the right stuff. Everyone does. Yeah, going. it's a good film. It's good stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure it. I saw it. Oh, oh shut your mouth. <laughs> Very upsetting. <laughs> now, um, I have to say, I think this is a ripoff of the Twilight Zone. There's a Twilight Zone episode with like a, a crippled... Uh, a crippled old man who the niece kills for the money. Right. Very similar to this vibe. 
Do you know what's interesting is you guys love this one and I enjoy it, but yes. it's it's pretty light in terms really? of like plot depth, if you will. You know what I mean? It is it is very much like killed the old man, now he's back for revenge, and he's done in ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe that's why I love it you're so much. Smoking fucking crack, first of all. <laughs> So I, you're t- I enjoy this it. has less less depth than Ted Danson floating in the sea with Leslie Nielsen. You're just loving that because it's Leslie Nielsen. Well, I'm not gonna lie about that. But <laughs> what I will say, what I will say is that you know something to tide you over is at least a totally unique and original concept. Like I don't think I've ever seen or even heard of anything. Parts like that of before. it are. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have we seen, you know, the, the the guy running around on the woman, or the, the woman running around on the guy, and the guy getting his comeuppance? And... Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. The the but insane person. It's still know, cool to see. Rich husband. It's still awesome seeing Leslie Nielsen playing, you know, a serious role in a horror film by Georgie right. Romero of all people. Right, absolutely. And it's still wild some, to me that he's in this. That. But uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> How come Aunt Bedelia had a crazy accent that no one else in the family had? Dude, it's Makes great no though. Sense. Her when she just gets belligerent drinking that Jim Bean and just she plays the best drunk. I don't know if she was one in real life, but if you ask me, she was, and it transpires. She has had a drink before. That's I mean, for she sure. is rowing this blabberness off her tongue like it's it's. She's great at it. I, I was I I actually made a note about how great acting. she is as the drunk. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed her performance, but it was it was bonkers. Like she it can was... babble like it's nobody's business. Yes, yes. <laughs> like you give that she... woman ten minutes and a bottle of Jim Bean, and she'll give you her all. <laughs> she. <laughs> they didn't even need to write the script for her. She can just just go. No, well, just say, this, delivery... just act drunk for five minutes. Here you go. Her line delivery is like the the Christopher Walken school where there's pauses and weird spots. Yes, yes. Certain sentences just run together. Who knows what she's talking about? And then she'll get all, her voice will get all high. She'll be like, she's awesome. Love it. More Aunt Bedelia. Or more Bedelia. Totally. Well, and to me growing up, the concept of Aunt Bedelia was yeah. emblazoned in my brain. Amelia like, Bedelia? Was it Amelia, Amelia Bedelia? Could be. <laughs> this is what happens say. later on. <laughs> yeah. Poor Amelia Bedelia. Maybe it's, it's just me. Turn. Whenever I heard the name Bedelia growing up, I always thought um, Bonnie Bedelia. Bonnie Bedelia. Bonnie yeah. Bedelia. Hard like a wheel, for example. Die hard. Die hard. Um, Presumed things. I absolutely she was all over the place yeah the hardest working woman in show business no question <laughs> for a minute <laughs> now why did okay first of all i have to say you know i am a father See. none of my kids have made me a father's day cake if you will i mean what the hell you I ain't raised them right every year i always go around saying i want my cake <laughs> madeline <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I might get an old clay ashtray. Maybe I should take a hit. I mean, at that stage, is that a warning? <laughs> or right? Shots yeah. fired. <laughs> like I just love it. Like he's like the charming patriarch of the messed up family. Where is my cake, you bitch? Right. Not so charming. <laughs> he's it's, so it's charming, isn't out. he? <laughs> All the ladies love it him. Has, 
It has the best acting. It's the the most George Romero s. Yes, and it's the one that gave me bad dreams. Yeah, it's it's the creepiest of them all. It's the scariest looking. Like the makeup work, and it's just perfect. Like yeah, even me growing up, like just that that whole image of like the the what's what's his name? Um, I'm drawing Ed Harrison. The whole what are you talking about? No, the uh, the uh, um. Uncle Nathan, whatever his name yeah, is. Nathan, yes, Nathan, right. yeah, when he comes like that the makeup work, like how it's just it's it's creepy, you know. It's creepy. Well yeah. and he turns he twists old Aunt Sylvia's head. Sylvia's right head. I mean it's right that here was on my shirt right there. There it is. Yeah. So, I like that t shirt, brother. I love this shirt. Looking good. <laughs> Looking good. Anything else about Father's Day? Besides the iconic line, where's my cake, Bedelia? Besides the fact that that chick had no eyes but black, I kept waiting for something bad to happen because I kept staring at her eyes. Why is it only all black? And just as an aside, I had to Google her. She was married to Dick Cavett. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? If anyone knows who Dick Cavett is. Yeah. Very and successful Sylvia. talk show host back in and- late 60s, early 70s. For sure, next Halloween. You're Dick Cavett? <laughs> You're Dick Cavett. <laughs> let's, let's move on to the next one, which I believe is... The Lonesome, Lonesome Death, Death, Death of Jordy Verrill. Of Jordy Verrill, starring Stephen King. The writer of this film. screen debut, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. Good grief. What do you guys got for old Jordy Verrill? It makes me sad. It's not scary. How about the lonesome life of Jordy Verrill? Let's talk yeah. about that. I mean, he wasn't doing so hot before the meteor comes crashing down. He was living his little best life. He didn't seem yeah. unhappy. After the meteor, he did seem unhappy. He's I mean, a man he's of, to be kind of big ideas. Right? <laughs> a little, little uh, yeah, kind of a moron. I mean... Yeah, I, but it, it's also kind of a comedy, isn't it? It's it seems like for most of it, I mean, it's meant he, to be he kind calls of it meteor shit. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this to me, it's it's fine. It's it's filler. It's if anything else, it's I mean, filler. it's really short. It's, this is probably the shortest story of the of them all. I didn't count it, but probably like 10, 15 minutes at that. I mean, yeah. literally, it's Jordy outside. Media strikes, he touches it, gets the blisters, it turns into all this green stuff growing, and then sees a doctor, debates whether or not he wants to jump in the bathtub. Next thing you know, everything's green, and he's got a shotgun at the end. He does not see a doctor, my friend. He he, he imagines. Oh, that's right, happen. he imagines. That's Sorry. He, he Like I said, he's got so many ideas. He's a man just full of them. So. Yeah, and now we see why Stephen King never acted again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I he mean, makes he cameos. was a priest in Pet Cemetery. He was also. That's about. I he was know. in Maximum Overdrive, which he, he also directed. He's in a scene in oh, Sleepwalkers. Man. Yeah, he is. Little cameos here and there. This is this is by far yeah. his biggest role. Oh yeah. And like you said, it's about seven minutes long. I think George was in the editing bay going, "Is there anything that we can salvage from this one?" <laughs> well, if I'm not mistaken, he replaced someone at the last minute. Um, I, I forgot who. Oh, is that right? I'm pretty I didn't sure know that's that. what it was. I, I don't think the idea all the the entire time was Stephen King. You're gonna be like the the, the lead actor of this fifth story. You know, I don't yes, think that was ever the case. He replaced Sir Lawrence Olivier. 
Well, and it, this is kind of like, I think Stephen King on some level likes to kind of poke fun at kind of the main townies kind of thing with the accent and the, oh, you know, yeah, no doubt. He's, he enjoys doing that, that sort of thing. I'm sure um, this story takes place in Maine, so. Oh, absolutely. Like there's a sign where it says Castle Rock is so many That's miles right. this See? way and Bangers Ooh. a little bit over there. Um, but it seems like. When he's envisioning, I'm taking this meteor <laughs> to the Department of, of Meteors at the local college, hoping to get 300 bucks for it. As if there's yeah, <laughs> there's professors with just a cash box. How much? How about 50? So, <laughs> and nothing for a broken meteor. No. No. Exactly. <laughs> uh, sweet. Right, did you find anything, Aaron? I got nothing. There's nothing to this, really. Like I said, it's short and sweet. Short and sweet. It, it's initially a comedy, but at the end, he blows his brains out with a double-barreled shotgun. Not so funny at that point. It's like 99.8% comedy. And then in like right. the last 2.2%, just enough for him to pull the trigger. <laughs> and us to hear the shotgun effect. The and creepiest part is by the end, he is literally looks like Oscar the Grouch. And so, his voice, you're, too. You're, that is creepy, the way his voice has also changed. He's got all <laughs> the, the wisps coming off the fingertips. Yeah. So if you want to see Oscar the Grouch finally end it all, because he's tired of living in trash, <laughs> th- there we go. Tired of living in trash. Not that tired, I'd argue. Did you see that? Very Too much. <laughs> Anything else about Jordy Verrill? Pass. <laughs> Pass. Yeah, I like all the lighting. It's the same lighting they use the all lighting, through. Yeah, I, it's the, I forgot yeah, to mention you know. that last story. Like, I'm a big fan of the lighting effects in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Plays through. Reminds me of all the Argento, the blue and the red, the blue and the red, the blue and the red yeah, for well, sure. We didn't mention that that this is kind of framed like you're flipping through a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it it'll do like kind of interesting borders or a lot of fluorescent like... colors when they're not really needed. It's still just is there for the effect. <laughs> exactly. And it was the eighties, so there's always room for some fluorescent colors. Absolutely. It's like watching um if you ever seen After Hours or Vamp, you know all all, all the uh, the green and and pink. Absolutely. Yeah, I had to bring there it back. You know, I had to Love bring it back. Bring, bring it back to Vamp. Absolutely. Bring it back. So the next, the next story is something to tide you over that, and it stars Leslie Nielsen as the kind of aggrieved husband. Ted Danson is the guy having the affair with Leslie Nielsen's wife. And ever so briefly, uh, the wife, uh, she was from uh, Dawn, Dawn of the, the Dead. Dead. Yeah, it's Galen Ross. From Dawn Galen of the Dead Ross. and from one of my favorite slasher films of the 80s, Madman. Madman. Madman Mars. Think, didn't she? I was she like, Madman? Were there just people no. smoking in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Suits? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> what it was. I think for Madman, I, I think she used a pseudonym. She did. As well. um, I forgot what she, she called herself in that film, too. Um, I should know because I've seen the film like a thousand times. Um, it's just I, interesting. I have I wonder it right why. here. Uh, yeah, she's Alex Dubin. Alexis Dubin is her, <laughs> is her name. As, as that's what she's credited as in Madman. Because she's only, like she's only done three movies: Dawn, Madman, and this. That's it. Uh, everything else that she's done is like television work, and she was a director. Look um, at that. 
but yeah, she's only been in three three roles. That's so interesting. I mean, obviously, this is kind of a very small role. Her career I is mean, so fascinating to me because she does the convention circuit still to this day. Absolutely. She's like John Cazale or whatever, who's done like <laughs> – she did three. Okay. John Cazale was in Godfather, Godfather 2. He did Dog five Day movies Afternoon, and they were perfect. Deer Hunter. They were all yeah. perfect movies. You're never going to have a career the way John Cazale had. And then he died. Exactly. Five roles, five perfect roles, and then five for five. Exactly. Yeah. Dog and Day Afternoon. Just great actor. <laughs> it was one great. Of, one of the all time best. That's Galen Ross, is what I'm trying to say yeah. right now. Um, anywho, so he, Leslie Nielsen shows up, essentially kidnaps, <laughs> he essentially kidnaps mm. Ted Danson, pre cheers Ted Danson. Still with a rug. Still with a rug. He always had a rug. That was kind of his early cheers. He had that kind of part in his hair. How is this in the cheers world? Is he already in cheers? Is cheers already going on? Cheers Cheers. was 83, I want to say. Yes. Okay, so he was already in cheers. No, no, no. No. This was right. This was a year before cheers. Yeah, it's 82. This is 82. Okay. Like, everyone didn't know his name yet. No. All right. And I'm, Where I mean, nobody knows. Nobody your knows name. your name. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. Now, this is after Airplane. Yes. Um, but it's before Naked Gun yes. by a couple years. So this well, is the TV so show Nielsen. Naked Gun has already happened, I believe. See, I, I never right, watched the TV squad. show. Right. It wasn't a very it was successful the TV show. Yes. Yeah, it was based it off was, a TV show, on, Squad, like, Police Squad. Police Squad. It was only on for a couple years. Police Squad was this year, 82. See, Police Squad go. was on for one season, 1982, March 4th to July 8th. I'll look it up right now. Six episodes. That's it. Six episodes. Six, you can, I believe you can rent them. Probably. Them. Back in the day, I, you, I could go to the video store and I might find and like, then the set. This became the Naked Gun series. Correct. From the files of Police Squad. Right. Is what Naked Gun Exactly. Is exactly. Um, but so he, I mean, the thing about Leslie Nielsen, he was a serious actor. He was for basically his entire career. Right. Um, Beside an adventure, Forbidden Planet. Absolutely. Day of the Animals. Day of the Animals. I was going to name drop that actually, because that's one of the first films (laughs) I ever saw him in. I was like, hey, that's Frank Dreblin. Why is he getting killed by that (laughs) big ass bear? Why is he a rapist? Yeah. Yeah. Why is he an asshole in this movie? Put your shirt on, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> yeah, there were all those moments. Uh, uh. So he kidnaps Ted Danson and buries him on the beach up to his neck. Yes. Uh, and the tide slowly comes in. Mm-hmm. So, and then hijinks ensue, essentially. So what do you guys got? Now, you know, there's I another. I just got, people are going to notice if your wife goes missing and so and her lover goes yes! missing. They're going to go look for you people. So there's also another uncredited cameo in this sequence. So we got, oh, we're talking real? about Gaylene Ross. We talked about Leslie Nielsen. We talked about Ted Danson. But we didn't talk about Richard Gere. We did not. No, we did not. Richard Gere has an uncredited voice. On the t- he's, you hear his voice on the TV set. Oh, and, shit. And it's now him. I have to go back and watch this. And there's again. another cameo in the... F- the, the final story with the bugs that we'll get to that Richard Gere. yeah Richard Gere <laughs> has an uncredited cameo in this film 
That is that's hilarious. hysterical hijinks. But, and mean, this is like right around the time of his, an officer and a gentleman. American and, uh, Gigolo. American Gigolo. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of Richard Gere, he wouldn't even have a career if it wasn't for the fact that John Travolta is horrible at picking scripts. <laughs> John Travolta turned down all of it. Again, this is a couple years after Saturday Night Fever and Grease and everything. Right. He said, you know, I'm not doing Officer and a Gentleman. I'm not doing American Gigolo. Two of a kind, yes, I will do that one. <laughs> perfect, yes, I will do that one. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. If you haven't seen Perfect lately, do yourself a favor. It is, it is. Is it perfect? <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't use that word to describe it. Sweet Jesus. Tim and Jamie, Jamie Lee. Lee Curtis. Yep. And uh, Lorraine Newman. And uh, uh, oh, uh, Mary Lou Henner. Mary Lou Henner, yep. Small star cast. Banger of a cast. The show. Isn't there something that wasn't Mary Lou Henner in the news this week? Is yeah. she dying she's, or she's something? She's like on a deathbed, I heard. Yeah. Oh my god. Not to sound crass. That's, that's how it was labeled. That's how I heard it. She's on her quote unquote deathbed. So Yeah. I read somewhere that if you give uh Mary Lou Henner a date, she can tell you what day of the week it was. No matter oh. what. Like there's something about her brain. Hmm. She could like, you know, if you just say uh what what day of the week was February fifth? 1872 she can just go boom that's a three that's a you better hurry up and ask her i guess she is like i don't know how (laughs) how valuable this particular talent is but i mean it's (laughs) it's great at parties it's great at parties (laughs) um i have to say the zombies when they come strolling out of the ocean i thought the the idea was really cool but they looked not great they look wooden (laughs) they did they look like they're like pretty shitty planks They've yes. been drowned for two hours, yes. and they look like uh, they've been floating in the ocean for six years. Yes, correct. It's like, I green. understand what the effect that Tom Savini is going for, but I don't think that's how skin works when it's when you, after you drown for like twelve hours. I get a little pruny. Not like know, that, dude. <laughs> Not like you're a walking, talking, just piece of board. Like they look like wood. Like. I don't know how to describe it other than the way I just did. Dude, it's totally the go- uh, the Golden Voice of Sinbad yes. with, 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 with the creature from the mast. Yeah. I mean, I can see why he'd want to do that because his visual effects, when they get shot in the head, you want it to run down all the, the creases. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, what's that yes. with like the, the green? Like you're All of a sudden, your shit turns green? Yes. When you, dur- when you drown, apparently? They do well, and, and the, the the wife, the zombie woman, looked yeah. like a muppet. It was like it was a weird, like the face didn't even look like a person. The other one, if you look close enough, you can kind of see Ted dancing. Galen Ross, I don't know. They just used they used Grover. Well, here's the fifth unpartied person in this story, Frank Oz, folks. <laughs> he did. No. They used Miss Peggy. For yeah, the I think. I think the costume, the the dead people effects in this film look more like it was a suit they put on versus practical stuff that they would apply. It seemed like a mask, kind like of. a mask right. versus versus having everything glued and you're there for twelve hours because these celebrities are going to be like, Fuck you. yeah, I'm not going to knock it too much because I know all the hell they went through filming this in Pittsburgh and. Tom Savini was pretty much a one-man army doing all the makeup yeah, effects work he himself. Is. So, you know, I he at least tried. 
That's, he, he, you know. he will tell you, it's like, you know, when we talk about the crate, he talked about how he had never done Fla- a monster. Like our fluffy, yeah. Right. So he had to call Rob Botine mm-hmm. and get advice. He's like, how the hell do you, do you, how do you do this? So yeah, he's doing his, he's doing the Lord's work. He's trying out there. He's trying to do his best. So I appreciate and he that. He does some really great stuff in this film. You know, we're just he talking does. about one minor effect from, you know, a couple of dead people. That's it. There's a lot of other effects in this film to go around. I will uh, say in Father's Day, the, the zombie yeah. looks similar. Yeah. Father's what? Day has already made up for this story. Well, and the thing about it is, is like literally George Romero, what he does is zombies. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, and Tom Savini, that's what he does. I mean, it's all zombie-esque, even if they're waterlogged. But I have, I have to tell you, when they show up, the music that goes along with that is amazing. I love the music. I love the John Harrison's when they music in up. this movie is fantastic. I love. Yeah. I wanted to comment on that too. Like, I, I, I think the opening credits for this movie, the music, the opening music is like haunting. Like, I love John Absolutely. John Harrison's score. is it's great, and I love the fact that he came back to kind of return to the franchise. He directed. Um, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, which a lot of people, oh, yeah, yeah. myself included, consider Creepshow 3. It's basically what it is. It's Creepshow it? 3 all the way. And I think at one point it was supposed to be Creepshow 3 when it was first conceived. And then when shit fell through, Romero was like, well, I've got this TV show, Tales from the Dark Side. We'll just turn it into that, you know? Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I totally thought it was a ripoff. I'm like, how come nobody's talking about how this is a ripoff? Right. <laughs> no, the real Creepshow 3 is a ripoff. Well, there was a there was a creep. That's show what I'm. That's what I'm making reference to from 2006. I think is when that shit came out. It's a it's legacy bad. sequel. Oh, it's real bad. <laughs> um, why were the corpses so steamy? Hmm. De- Got me. Humidifier. Are they in the tropics? I mean, they're on the beach, know. so it must have been a hot day. I don't know if they sit in the jacuzzi for half an hour before attacking. Could be. They're oh, like, yeah, what's the rush? He'll be he'll be going to bed soon. We'll hit the hoozy. We'll get a couple pops, and then we'll go kill him. Then we'll do it. Exactly. So we've got this whole house to ourselves. <laughs> now you talked about the music. I kept thinking it was kind of reminiscent of like Sigmund the Sea Monster, where it's like, oh my God. and Johnny and Scott are friends. <laughs> well, yeah. not that part. <laughs> I thought it was a little jolly. That's what I was thinking. Which I yeah. like. I like that goblin yeah. kind of yeah. motif. So yeah. I, I appreciate and that I think as well. Harrison's intentionally borrowing elements from different pieces of the score as well. So keep that in yeah. mind. Boom. Absolutely. Any last thoughts for something to tide you over? I'm surprised we've t- talked about this for this long. Don't <laughs> <laughs> so imagine how long we're going to talk about the crate for. Uh, so not that long. Up next, the crate. The crate. They find an old crispy crate underneath the stairwell from like an 1840s Arctic expedition. This is the Julia thing, Carpenter. right? This is the thing. Julia Carpenter. Yeah. This is the thing, 100. percent Um, and you know, as a bizarre subplot, Adrian Barbo is is mean to her husband. At dinner no, parties. This is who's afraid of Virginia Wolf. It is. Uh, it, it's a thing versus who's afraid of Virginia Wolf and let loose. We Absolutely. just need Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton playing those key roles, though. Absolutely. I always say, like, 
you know, and I'm sure Adrian Barbeau is a lovely woman, but this is kind of how I picture her. This, you know, the way I, I think of her, because she's kind of like tough and and uh, mean in Swamp Thing as well. You know what I mean? It's kind of a not, but not in Golden well, Girls. Okay, not in Mod. Right, not in Mod either. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, well, as someone who's had Adrian Barbo on their podcast, oh, I can tell really? you, yeah, I, we I thought you were saying year. as someone who has had Adrian Barbo, I, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? We're yeah. a real housewife in it. Tell us more. She's a lovely. She one. is awesome. She is nothing cool. like Billy, uh, but she has got stories. And I bet someone with a career of that magnitude. Yeah, Absolutely. that was one of my favorite things having her on, just listen to her talk about all this stuff. You know, um, didn't really talk too much about Swamp Thing, but you know, <laughs> I would I've heard her thoughts Swamp about Thing. Swamp Thing. Um, depending on which variety you're watching of that film, there's two different cuts. Um, oh, that's true. This is, and, <laughs> and yeah, the, the main difference is her mainly. Oops. Yes. Um, God, I haven't seen that in so long. I believe I saw it on VHS the last time I saw it. Damn. That's a Wes throwback. Craven. But she loves Billy. She loves the Billy character. And I love her. She's in really this acting role. when huh? she's doing Billy. She's really acting. Oh, she's acting. Oh, yeah. She's nothing no like question. this in real life. It's completely like it's it's a polar opposite. It would opposite. be so fun. It would be so fun. She had to a play blast Billy. doing this, she said. So, you know, and it look it it transpires on screen. She looks like she's having a blast doing this role. Oh yeah. Because it's like the most agonizing person that you just, the one person gets under your skin the most. And she's just, she's like the person just poking you. If you had enough yet, am I I annoying you yet? Am I annoying you yet? Like she's doing that, you know? Absolutely. And she's so great at it. I love her voice. I just, oh yeah, it's great. The my 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 only qualm about the crate is its length. Other than that, because there's a lot of bullshit in this story, and it, like, I don't know, it slows the movie down. I've always well, felt it, that I, it, it I, takes I, too long, and I don't understand who drinks milk with vodka. Is that a secret <laughs> thing that I'm unaware of? Because that sounds fucking terrible. Well, yeah, that's that's how they make white Russians. <laughs> that's true. Well, it's a toy, heavy cream, right? It's, it's that, cream, but cream. you use, well, me and, we used to drink it with milk. It was milk, vodka, and Bailey's. That's supposed Bailey. to be Kahlua. No, Kahlua, Kahlua not Bailey's, Kahlua. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm a like, black Russian. It all a white Russian a, a is milk, situation. vodka, and Kahlua. Boom. Sounds delicious, whatever the case. I was on um, the Best Film Ever podcast talking about the yeah. Big Lebowski, and we, we each had a white, white Russian. Russian. And I was freaking hammered five minutes later. <laughs> Last time I drank white Russians was for my sister's birthday party uh, back in 2011, so 12 years ago. And I had so many that night that I got sick to my stomach, and I've never had one since. I believe it. Yeah. I, I was uh, 16 years old uh, at the uh, Phoenix airport uh, when the drinking age was 18, and that's what we were drinking. Boom. It is kind of like chocolate milk, yeah. but heavily alcohol. It tastes alcoholic. so good. It's delicious. It's like, it's I, I didn't good. even realize that night how much they were hitting me because I was just enjoying them so much. Right. That's a problem with those like sweet drinks. You're like, it's so mm-hmm. delicious. And it's, then before you know it, you're sleeping next it to the just, toilet. It's, it's the creeper. It creeps yeah. up on you. 
Well, I still had another hour to that episode I had to record, so it was. <laughs> yeah. I, to be I mean, I get it. I was on there for days to confuse, so yeah, they can go a little long. <laughs> so, did you guys smoke weed for that episode? To, I mean, I fair? did, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm trying to get back the show back on track. I'm trying to figure out what scenario Hal Holbrook and Adrian Barbeau would have gotten together. Oh man. That's a good ass question. It's almost. If you think about it, these meek meek guys, at least in Hollywood, they always need this other out there person. This is just to the toxic level. Which, like, I'm asking myself watching this is like, what do all these like college girls see in Fritz Weaver? For Christ's sake, you know, (laughs) he's like the real womanizer of this story, and it's like that guy, the head from Reanimator. Wait a minute. That's not right. What? He's not in Reanimator, Fritz Weaver. Isn't that Fritz Weaver from Reanimator? No, that's David Gale was in Reanimator. Oh. Almost, they look so alike. They look alike, they okay? Alike. I I was like, oh my God, my mind is about to be blown. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Dropped a big one on you. Dropped a fact on me. No, um, I've always seen Reanimator one time my entire life. I, I actually thought that that was Fritz mine because they look so much alike. They do look alike. So you've got to dust off your coffee, bro. Reanimator dynamite. <laughs> no question. I prefer uh, Bride. Oh, <laughs> Bride has got the, the wildest third act of any horror film of that time. You kind of lost me there, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh. <laughs> Barbara Crampton is she? She's not even in that one, is she? No, no, it's, it's uh, um, what's her name? It's what's her face from Halloween Four? Cops do it by the book. Yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> he's the bride, that's... and yes. then um, having Howard Berger on the podcast, and we actually talked about that recently because the KMB did the effects for that movie, and it was a fucking nightmare. I believe it. So. I saw, so a lot of these movies I saw on on Joe Bob. Like I'd never like I saw Madman on yeah, Joe Bob. Same I here, Monster Madman. Vision. It, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so the creature had been locked in a crate, right? For uh, like a hundred and fifty years. Somehow so it's been gonna, showing right underneath that step. No one's noticed. It's a it. Muppet. Let's just call it a Muppet because that's what it looks like. Was Fluffy. <laughs> Fluffy the Muppet. Fluffy. He was, I mean, it's on his was... way to Hollywood to get a record contract. <laughs> Met it's up with like, Kermit the Frog. It is the Muppet movie. <laughs> it's that dude from the Muppet movie. I want to go to Hollywood. Yeah, that guy. Um, there's what I love about Fluffy is the fact that he apparently has no body from the waist down. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Con- Tom Savini still can. has the head in his attic. I believe it's terrifying. Mouthful of, of they should mount feet. it like a moose. <laughs> that, that would have be been something. awesome. That, that would have be been something. awesome. A moose. Um, but people bite that. Like a lot of people die in this. I mean, Willie the janitor mm-hmm. gets eaten up. The college kid. The college. He kid, gets it the worst, right. dude. His face just gets seriously oh, mangled by gets, f up. He gets bit. And it's like just to rake his face with the teeth. Yeah. That was oh. gross. That was serious. Uh, I mean, once again, then you cover it all up. That's ridiculous. Right. It's like a Hal Holbrook, mystery. How Holbrook basically was like, hey, I'm going to come and, and mop up gore and viscera 
scattered across three labs for some reason. Easy yep. peasy. No problem. Um, all while his shirt is buttoned all, down all the way to his belly button, just about. It was 82. That's how we did it back then. <laughs> um, but you're right. At the, by the end of the crate, you've lost the janitor, the college kid, and Billy. And we're supposed to be like, oh, no questions. No one's going to be like, hey, bro, what happened to your wife? Oh, I don't know. No, <laughs> she left I, me. She left me. Yeah, she just bounced one day. You didn't file a police report or anything? No, didn't do anything. Because you can't possibly just get a divorce. He's a college professor. He's not the CEO of Exxon or something. <laughs> they're still you know? bringing up that he, there's going to be. Uh, just, I mean, about... what's he going to get? He's just a lonely soul who endures a lot. He's got this belligerent wife, a best friend who ditches him one chest night for college girls. It's like he's just a lonely, lost soul. Well, and, that, and Fritz Weaver's like, I've got some 22-year-old hottie over here. Okay, how? Like, I guess you won't I'll... be over for chess later. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, him. okay, I guess I'll play chess. His response should have been checkmate. <laughs> right, basically. It's like, bro, as much as I love playing chess with you, I, I got to go. Right. We <laughs> all can't be Billy. <laughs> That's exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Sweet Lord. Uh, but you're right. He, he, it, it's much easier to feed my wife to a monster under the stairs than to just bounce on her and to give yeah. her divorce papers. And, and yeah. explain that no one's going to notice the head of the department and all these people are missing. They Such all ran off life. together to <laughs> have some kind of brother-husband situation yes. in Utah. That's that's exactly what the plan is, evidently. <laughs> I mean, the crate's been underneath those stairs for all this time. It's like a rolling quarter is what discovers it. <laughs> I'm surprised this wasn't found earlier than this, but you know, movie's going to movie. Cause right. the building didn't seem like it was from 1800. No, at least those stairs were not. Those <laughs> stairs were not from 1800. They built the stairs around the crate. It was just they built easier. The just rock and roll. Yeah. They were like, like the we're not going to mess with that crate. We're not doing well. When 75 year old Willie, the janitor starts moving the crate. Easy peasy. Even though there's like a 400 pound gorilla in the crate thrashing around and how holbrook's like carrying the mother i don't know if he's 60 or 70 <laughs> but he's like carrying it to the quarry yeah. Atlas over here yeah <laughs> no question speaking of comic book ads if you want to be a 98 pound weakling you know <laughs> sweet jesus anyway i will say the last shot of this story does freak me out oh yeah how it's it good. just breaks out. It's a good. It's a good last, you know, gotcha gag. Absolutely. How it just breaks out. It's like you ain't safe after all. There's because in the a end, it's like the monsters are all loose at the end of each of these yeah. shows. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They're on the. They're all on the loose. There's zombies roaming the streets. Actually, well, Jordy Verrill, you're right. The, the rainstorm's about to kick in. Right. He's dead, but the the plants the plants are, yeah. are growing. So yeah, there's no happy endings here. Very oh, sad. No. Oh no. Um, anything else about the crate you guys want to talk about? Nothing. <laughs> we squeeze that rock. <laughs> We're not going to make it as long as the actual story. <laughs> the the last story uh, is oh, they're creeping up story. on you, which bothered me at the time and still bothers me 
Quite kind of a, a funny story about this one. Please. It's Howard Hughes. It's Howard Hughes. Yeah, exactly. He I must be a real bastard. <laughs> um, when I first, so dating back to my first time watching this film, it used to be on TV all the time. Right. And because there used to be a local TV uh, every Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. It was called Nightmare Theater, local channel 54 here in Baltimore. And Creep Show was always on there, and that's how I watched it most of the time. So, that being said, this was always presented to me, edited, in the fact that whenever they showed it on TV, which for the first five or six years or so of my life watching this film was always on TV and never on, you know, a rental or on premium TV or cable, or whatever. Right. Point is, they always cut this story out. So oh. for years, I went watching this film only thinking it was four stories, the last one being the crate. You know, not minus the epilogue, obviously, but right. they would cut this story entirely out. So you could imagine when I was a little bit older and watching this on like Cinemax for my first time, and I'm like, what the fuck is this fifth story? What is this? What is art from Christmas Vacation doing on my TV set right now, dealing with bugs and all? You know, it, it, it freaked me <laughs> out. Right. But then I don't do bugs. So this story really got to me after I watched it. So. And it still holds up, but not in a good way. Still, let's just put it that way. This, this, I can do without this one, only because I. It's a personal thing. It, it, I, it creeped me out, dude. And it's so effective. No, no, I, and the the fact that they use actual bugs for this, like roaches, uh, yeah, roaches. I'm good. I got a roach thing too. I got a huge roach thing living in the desert. They're as big as your fucking thumb. Uh, uh. They're hmm. awful. Uh, Even to uh, this day, as a school teacher, if, a, if I see a roach on the floor, I tell the kids to step on it. Yes, yeah. I, me too. I don't want to hear that crunch. Ex no! Extra credit. And then and then I make them remove the corpse and throw it outside. Yeah, do something with this. I don't want to see like, ah, la, 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 la. They're too heavy. <laughs> They're too, right. So you step on them. It is literally like a potato chip crunch. I'm not, I'm not feeling that. I wait for it to push back up. No. <laughs> well, and, and, right, exactly. And watching this movie, E.G. Marshall, who plays the role, yeah. there are real cockroaches on yeah. him. There are. Yeah. They're on him. I mean, there's a lot of fake ones on strings, but there's also yeah. a lot of real ones, too. I mean, I've I've watched documentaries. I've seen just desserts. I've heard of this, the horror tales about the production of this scene or this, this sequence, and it's... Can only imagine being on set for this. I mean, as an actor, I guess you kind of, you know, if you're Tom Cruise or anybody, you can obviously turn down certain roles. But if you're just a working actor, you can't. You're not turning things down. No. I guess you just have to suck it up. Right. That's what I was just thinking about, Aaron. You, we're ready for you. You're gonna get to be that dead body on Law and Order, but. It's a roach motel. Covered it's a ro in bugs. They will they will be coming out of your nose, out of your mouth, burrowing into every orifice. <laughs> Basically, okay. The, the premise of this story is there's this Howard Hughes type who's an asshole billionaire type, I guess, and he's up in his like his old misophobia hermit or something. Right. He has he has like germophobia essentially yeah. is what it is, and as the the thing progresses more and more roaches start coming there, coming there's everywhere. a storm outside so there's a power outage and uh, no one can come to help uh, yeah him. exactly uh, and it's yeah and then roaches more and more roaches uh, 
I mean, and he's, he lives in this all white apartment. Everything is white except for that colorful jukebox that he has. Yes. Right. Everything's just white. So, sterile. 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 I mean, he's got like this like suction device for all of his used tissues and shit. So Yes. He wears crazy. gloves all the time. Gloves, uh, yeah. I'd be wearing gloves if I knew they were going to be putting roaches on me, too. And shit. Can we talk about how he is the biggest jerk off? I mean, his competitor, like, dies, and, like, he's making a mockery to, like, the, the dude's wife on the phone and yeah. shit. It's, it's crazy the way he talks to people. And he's a racist. Oh, yeah. Uh, casual, yeah. Casual but I love racism. how the maintenance guy, who happens to be black, is, like, giving it back to him. It's great, you know? Right. Right, right, right. But it, it culminates, like you said, there's a power outage, and he, like, again, like, literally waves of roaches. Are Dude, coming at him. It's like and a sea of them. <laughs> it's a sea. Oh. He locks himself in his little like hyperbaric like room, and of course, and as they approach him, the the power goes out, so that he can't Oof. see anything, and then Ugh. he has a heart attack. And thankfully, that's how he goes. But then, what happens afterwards? That final gotcha effect of this story uh, is, yeah, the way they the way they come out of, they, his they come out of all of his Ugh. It was. It's rough. I'm one. just wondering. It's so, it's so clearly Howard Hughes. It is. I mean, down to the shoe boxes and everything. Yeah. So was he like a big asshole? He was. Because because at the same time there was a James Bond there with was. Willard White, which is clearly also him, Howard yep. Hughes. Well, that was a direct homage from Diamonds yeah. Are Forever. I mean, he was called right. Willard White. And he lived on the top floor of like a Vegas hotel, just like Howard Hughes. Just like Howard. We just needed the the tissue boxes for shoes. <laughs> Sweet Jesus! Now Eddie, there's another cameo know. from this story that Lay we didn't talk me. about. The the voice cameo on the phone. Um, we hear from a guy named Bob Bean, and that is Ned Beatty. Because <laughs> he didn't squeal like a pig, so I yeah. don't know. I didn't. I didn't pick it up. Throughout <laughs> your other un, uncredited cameo from this film. I love oh, it. that's awesome. I like that. That is really cool, man. I didn't realize that. Now that's you awesome got to figure man. out who is the original actor for Stephen King because I can't find it. For the I mean, I was just assuming that that's how that that's what happened oh. with him. Like, I'm Damn sure it. that's what happened. But I just I don't I don't know 100. percent I wanted you to say what well, was going to be Paul Newman, but oh. then at the last minute, <laughs> it was going to be Paul. There Gleason. was a situation. <laughs> Paul Gleason, one of the Pauls. It was going to be Jackie Gleason. (laughs) Uh, He's very big at the time. Uh, And what about, what about Stephen King's son? Who was going to step in for that one? That's, that's the next question. Mm -mm. Tatum O'Neill. Could be. Although I forgot, I wrote down this. What are the quarries? I wrote down this, this great quote from Tom Atkins. I forgot to talk about in the beginning. It's like, that's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God I wrote made that fathers. down too. That's why God. He made calls fathers. his wife babe. She's like, <laughs> don't you oh, think you're a little rough on him? No, I don't at all. Why God made fathers, fact, babe. That's why God made fathers. He's I sitting down in my cores, chair by the fire, drinking a bud, Making absolutely. My cores. Oh my gosh, sands about slacks. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're going back to him right now anyway. It's, it's time for the epilogue, basically. Yeah, basically. So we talked about we're it. We're going to circle back to Tom, Tom Atkins. 
Love Tom Atkins. So he's <laughs> as he's brutally great. murdered by his evil son using voodoo. So, <laughs> yeah, voodoo. <laughs> as one does. So that's good. Voodoo was all the rage in the eighties, kids. <laughs> it was a thing. Not so much. Surfing these in the days. rainbow. No question. <laughs> any uh, any last thoughts about this or anything having to do with Creep Show? It was iconic. Everybody wanted to be in this motherfucker. Everybody was in this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Every, yes, there was a line around the corner of all Everyone the finest was actors. In this movie. King was huge. This this was it. It's like Absolutely. George on his megaphone. Everybody, come to Pittsburgh. Be in my next horror movie. Absolutely. And they all came what? ran. They all came running. All the <laughs> Let's actors. Go. Let's go behind the scenes, shall we? Let's do it. While he was all business in his scenes, Leslie Nielsen had a fart machine in his pocket during shooting. Because <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> he would let it go off during rehearsals and just before director George A. Romero would call action. <laughs> causing 10 dance in the crew to crack up with laughter. I'm sure that was great for the wasted film. Yeah. <laughs> Good grief. Good um, boy. Rice Krispies were used as maggots on the corpse's eyes in the first story, Father's Day. All right. In addition, real maggots. Snap, crackle, pop, baby. In addition, real maggots were also utilized. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what their uh, had to blend them in. thought process was. <laughs> they, they didn't want to pack their eyes with the real ones, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just pour them right in there. Oh. This is the only George Romero film to open up at number one at the weekend box office. Oh, interesting. Absolutely. Uh, really? That, I mean, I because thought... it's, it is much more family fair, I guess, theoretically. Bring, bring the kids. Bring your grandma. We're going to go see Creepshow. No, I just, I'm not doubting it. I just thought that Land of the Dead opened in first place, but I guess I He's was... He's not doubting it, but he is Googling it right I now. Shut up. You know what? Shut up. I saw... <laughs> I saw um, Land of the Dead opening night, and there was only three of us in the theater. So I, uh... I mean, I saw it opening night too, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe it didn't open up in first. Never mind. Stephen King was told to play Jordy like Wiley e. Coyote the way he looks when he goes off a cliff. <laughs> what the? Fuck? That's good advice. I guess that's direction. Absolutely. Um. The marble ashtray that is used to bash in the skull of Nathan and Father's Day. That. It's in all of the stories, if you're looking closely. It is. I didn't know that. I, I forgot to mention that earlier. Yes, it is in all the stories. It is. It's like a and where's Waldo situation. It is. You have to look for it. In yeah. Father's Day, it's obvious. In The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill, it's next to the cash box at the Department of Meteors yeah. on the yeah. desk. In something to tide you over, it's on the nightstand. That next one, to that one's the most bed. obvious. You can see it clear as day in that one. Yeah. And the crate, it's on the writing desk when Henry writes the letter to Wilma. And in the, they're creeping up on you. This, it's a soap dish that he uses to wash his hands. <laughs> so they probably it colored is. it all white for that one. Oh, and in the wraparound story, it's on Billy's desk. Because he smokes a lot of Paul Malls, evidently, when he starts stabbing the voodoo doll. So he's got to settle his nerves. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Um, 
The music playing on Ups and Pratt's jukebox at the beginning of their Creeping Up on You is the same instrumental that plays over the ending credits of The Evil Dead from 1981. Nice. Ooh. Boom. Uh, during a break in filming, Stephen King took his son to McDonald's, and as a joke, Little Joe was made up with bruises, cuts, and scabs. The, oh. Girl, oh. the girl at the drive-thru window called the police when she saw him. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stephen King sure Stephen does her. look super creepy. He, he looks creepy anyway. Let's yeah. be honest. He looked like, I remember, I'm trying to remember what the book was, but he, his picture on the back of his books, he had a beard at the time and he looked like a, like a psychopath. Like he did a crazy look and a beard and he looked, he looked nuts. Anywho, uh, anything else? Two of the characters featured in the film, Tabitha and Richard, the new pro professors at the faculty reception, yeah. were named after Tabitha King, Stephen yep. King's wife, and Richard Bachman, his ghost, his ghost writing name. So there you, you go. Put that ghost write that away. Yep. And I know uh, Stephen King was on set the when they shot the scene with Tom Atkins slapping his son. He made, was. He, that was pretty awkward. I mean, for an awkward situation, to say the least. Oh, no quite Well, if you look close, the red handprint's already there. When he gives him a swat. Ooh, I didn't so, even notice that. Yeah. Yep. Three fingers, Good you eye. see it. Clear as day. <laughs> Clear as day. Oh, I watched it in 4K. I'm sorry. It wasn't a knock on your eyes. <laughs> 4K is, is a blessing and a curse. Because I watch, you know, I watch The Golden Voyage of Sinbad or Jason and the Argonauts. And you, the green screen does not always work that well. Let's just say. Yeah. On, on oh, absolutely. 4K. I mean, I, I, I own the first two Evil Deads in 4K, and I, I feel you in the first one, especially when that moonshot in 4K yep. doesn't look that great. <laughs> wah, wah, but it definitely wah. is a blessing and a curse. Uh, let's see. Warner Brothers tried an unusual release strategy for the film that ended up being hugely successful. They booked several theaters in the Boston, Massachusetts area during July 1982 and saw the film did great sales and had strong word of mouth and then ended the limited run. Then they moved the film from its planned early October release to early November because they concluded that the main rival horror film of that period, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, yep. <laughs> would open too strongly, but that it would fade quickly. They thought it would come out strong and then disappear. So their plan was right when it faded, Creepshow would slide right in there. And they yeah, were right. this opened in well. between Halloween and Thanksgiving. It opened up Just on November 10th. Just in time 10th. for Thanksgiving. Bring grandma. <laughs> bring your auntie, uncles. Let's go. Absolutely. There's stories for everyone. The entire family. Bring them all. And what they discovered also is that this was such a huge hit that throughout the 80s, a bunch of horror anthologies were released. Or, you know, these kind of things yeah. like we talked about. Like Twilight right. Zone. Um, we Creep talked about too. Tales from the Dark Side, etc., etc. Let's talk about the cast, shall we? Let's do it. And the crew. Let's talk about uh, George Romero. George Romero, of mm. course. Oh yeah. We know him from such amazing things as Land of the Dead, Diary the of the Dead. Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Monkey Shines. <laughs> if you remember that one, no, I, I like Monkey Shines. Monkey shines the guy's paralyzed, so they bring him a little crazy monkey to take care of. Oh, does it eat its lips? No, it's, it's, he does like 
spoiler alert, at the end, when he kills the monkey at the end, he just grabs it by the neck of his teeth and just swings it around like a rag yep. doll. It's great. But it's got a very young Stanley Tucci. It does! The Tucci is loose. He's yeah, man. Loose. And he's buff as can be. He is buff. He's always jacked. It's, it's crazy. But Tucci does his thing. Uh, let's see. Ryder, of course, was Stephen King, as we said. Uh, you know him from Maximum Overdrive, which he wrote and directed. Classic. Cocaine. He wrote Creepshow. Uh, Shawshank, of course. Green Mile. Uh, Green Mile. He was the writer on the TV series Kingdom Hospital for nine episodes. Do you remember that one? Never saw it. Yeah. And how was it? No one else did. Not, Only nine episodes. Nine episodes. No, I missed that one. Very sad. Uh, but isn't he Mr. Mercedes, too? I believe so. I believe that's right. Um, and, of course, all of his books, basically, have been turned into movies. Countless. Countless movies. Uh, Hal Holbrook played Henry Northrup. You know him from such things as Into the Wild. Wall Street, Lincoln, baby. All the President's Men. He was Deep Throat. He was, of course, in Creep Show. I watched him in Magnum Force with Clint Eastwood over the weekend because <laughs> that's just what I do. Also starring David Soul, Robert Urick, and Tim Matheson, for goodness sake. Tim Matheson. Bob Urick. Is he still kicking around? I don't think he is. I think he died relatively young. Hal Holbrook was married to one of the designers. Oh, and Hal Holbrook was also in The Fog. Duh. He was in The oh, Fog. Oh, yeah. I forgot about The Absolutely. Fog. Let's see. Not Let's... the mist. Not the mist. Not the fog. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. You know Nielsen. him from Airplane, Naked Gun, Naked Gun Two and a Half, The Smell of Fear, something called Wrongfully Accused in 1998. <laughs> that sounds like a comedy. Saw that yeah, in I theater. Think it, was. it was supposed to be like a fugitive ripoff. It was. Uh, I think he was on many episodes of The Virginian in the 60s, one of those uh, cowboy shows. Uh, and, of course, Day of the Animals. And he was also at WrestleMania 11. That's Frank Treblin. <laughs> Absolutely. Adrian Barbeau played Wilma Northrup. You know her from such uh, amazing things as Escape from New York. Stevie Wayne from The, Vo- from the Fog. Absolutely. From 1980, she was it's in a fog Back reunion. To... That's right. <laughs> it's a fog Tom reunion. Atkins from the fog. Jamie Lee Curtis in the fog. Although Kevin, why been... haven't we done the fog? Why haven't you guys in the fog? We I don't know what we've been doing, frankly. What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> she was fog. in Back to School as uh, Rodney Dangerfield's cheating wife. I love fucking Back to School. One <laughs> it's of my actually funnier films. than you think, right? Uh, and of course, Creep Show. Mod, Cannonball Run, Two Evil Eyes, another George Romero movie. Absolutely. Ooh. Uh, let's see. E.G. Marshall played Upson Pratt. You know him. Art from Christmas Vacation. He was Art. Famously, he played Beverly D'Angelo's father in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. The little lights on Twinkling, Clark. Don't piss me off, Art. <laughs> they moved a pint of fluid from my lower back. Uh, he was juror number four in 12 Angry Men. He was in Tora, Tora, Tora in 1970. Classic. Uh, creep show. He was in The Defenders, if I'm remembering correctly, from the 60s. Another one of those uh, TV shows. He played an attorney. 
There was a lot of those things. He's also in Two Evil Eyes, George A. Romero. Look at that. Uh, let's see. Who else do you guys want to know about? Ed Harris? Ed playing Harris. Hank Blaine. You know him from such things as Appaloosa in 2008. You know it, don't you? <laughs> he played Jackson Pollock in Pollock in 2000. I did see that. I did see that. He was Kristoff in The Truman Show. Oh, the Rock, and baby. The Rock. He was absolutely The Rock. God damn, no I love The Rock. It's dynamite, of course. <laughs> the right stuff. He was in Apollo 13 as Gene Kranz. That's right. He was uh, also in Needful Things with Bonnie Bedelia. He was. I love Ed Harris. Yeah, me too. I think he's dynamite. He knows Glenn what Gary he's Glenn doing. Ross. He's a real actor, no question. Yeah. I uh, love Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Me too. It's so intense. It's such a great stage play of a film. Oh my god. I, what's funny, whenever I go through the the actors, I literally just go on IMDb and list the first thing that they mention. And it's always interesting to see what the f*** they think is important. About right, right, right. Careers. <laughs> Ted Danson! Oh, yeah. You know him from Cheers. For 270 episodes, he played Sam Mayday Malone. Curb your enthusiasm. He was in 50 episodes of The Good Place, which I enjoy. Never saw it. Damages. And Damn, absolutely. He was in Body Heat in 1981. That's right, uh, he which, was. Holy shit. It's, Body Heat is a, is a shockingly star-studded uh, cast. Yeah, Mickey Rourke is in there. Yeah. They're Kathy all over Turner. The, absolutely. William Hurt. In 1990, he was in Three Men and a Little Lady. That's yeah. who IMDb feels we need to mention. You didn't mention Baby. You mentioned Little Lady. That's little the one lady. you go to. That's the one. <laughs> I preferred the original French version. He was also you. in my grandmother's favorite film before she passed away, Made in America with Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg, Will Smith, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where they fell in love? It's where they fell in love. They, they did fall in love, actually. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Remember, he showed up in blackface because they thought it would be funny, and it was so not funny <laughs> that they ended they up breaking wrong. up over it. Yes. They were mistaken. <laughs> they were mistaken. Sweet Lord. Let's go look at the ratings, shall we? Let on me. Creep show. Currently, 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. You know it seems low. It does. You know what the audience gave it? They probably 82. 69. Jesus. <laughs> that was on purpose. I think. They're not real Let's look at the top critics, shall we? Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune. Gene's not going to like this. Not even Ebes. <laughs> Creepshow joins two masters of horror and proves that two minds are not necessarily better than one. In fact, <laughs> it is hard to believe that either man would have made such a bad film working without the other. <laughs> Shots fired. One out of four. Ebes gave it three out of four, so... Well, let's see what we got here. Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. Romero and King have approached this movie with humor and affection, as well as with an appreciation of the macabre. Three out of four. Boom. They did not agree on this one. This is one fun. They never up. did. They never, they <laughs> never did. Did they like each other in real life? Who's to say? Probably not. I think they hated each other for real. 
Do you guys remember there was a time, maybe I'm, I'm hallucinating, but there was a time when it was at the movies with Bill Harris and Rex Reed? No. <laughs> Google it. It's a thing. I'm not I'm not, I'm not doubting you. I'm just It's bizarre. It's bizarre. You Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Variety staff. They say George Romero collaborating with writer Stephen King again proves his adeptness with combining thrills with tongue-in-cheek humor. So they seem to appreciate it. And last, Vincent Canby of the New York Times. Horror films purists may object to the levity, even though failed, as a lot of it is. Two out of five, Vincent Canby. Boom. He's not a fan either. F*** him. <laughs> we, we, uh, Aaron took shots at Leonard Malton based upon one of his reviews. And one of our listeners was yeah, he's like, got I some takes sometimes. They get, <laughs> I, he's a personal friend and I don't appreciate that. Aaron, what is your rating for Creep Show? I can't even remember what my thoughts were when this came out. Uh, I assumed I liked it. But I'm just going to tell you, it's got some nostalgia. I still think the prequel and all that nonsense and Thomas Alvini and the very first one are the the best of the best of the best. I, I But I'm gonna, only going to give it like three out of five old waterlogged corpse uh, Ted Danson <laughs> rock, rocking his best self. Still with a with a rug. Yeah, he always had a rug. Ed, what you got? What's your rating? Like, even though the crate kind of drags things down a bit, I'm willing to forgive all of that because I love the flow of the first three stories so much. Um, I just love this movie collectively. It's the second film I ever covered on my my podcast, and boom. The film I've been watching, like I said, since I was like four or five years old. It's a movie that never gets old. I make sure I watch it at least once every Halloween season. And um, that being said, I'm giving this unapologetically five dancing Ed Harris's out of five. Holy shit! Because I love this movie that much. That's a bold fucking statement, but yeah, yeah. I so, honestly don't think I've even no given shame. a five in 220 episodes or whatever. Rosemary's Baby, five. Shining, five. What are you talking about? <laughs> you say no to both of those? Well, okay. Uh, I, I, what? Well, okay. Maybe, maybe I gave Shining. I don't think I gave five for Rosemary, in all honesty. What? So I... What can I say? I mean, that's not to say it's a. It's I feel a, a like cat. you struck me. It's like it, it, I felt like a physical assault, <laughs> like t- Tom Atkins smacking <laughs> Joe King. That's right, hundred <laughs> percent. That's what it is. That's why God's um, I'm Sad for you. I well, I have to say, looking at this, kind of my indicator if if a film is a four or higher is if I'm willing to buy it and add it to my collection. You and have I, purchased so much shit, Kevin. So every movie must be a five. Everyone creep show five. in so many formats. <laughs> Betamax, 
Real to real. Start with the old clamshell VHS case that I had of this. You have the original film, uh, yeah. seventy-eight, whatever. The original thirty-five millimeter film, though. So absolutely, hanging on my wall. Um, so I think I think this is just a hair below that. I think I'm gonna give it. 3.5 out of 5. I have I have nostalgia for it. There's definitely parts that I enjoy. I like the kind of kitschiness yeah. of it in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it is because I was a comic book collector from way back when. So I always appreciated kind of like they do like comic book frames. Oh, and like, the animation or, in this film is so we didn't even talk about that. The animation's awesome in this movie. Absolutely. It's, it's a fun, it's fun. It's fun. It oh, is absolutely yeah. fun. Absolutely. I don't have anything negative to say about it. I just really, cause I think we just spent about an hour and 45 on that. <laughs> <laughs> damn no, it's, I enjoy uh, it. I do. I, I mean, truly I could do without their creeping up on you. I don't think that's uh, one that I look at and go like, Oh yes. Give me, give me a few more minutes of that. Goodness. Wait, I want to rewatch that. Let, 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 let's, let's rewind that. that. And that's that's kind of a thing, you know. And, and that's where they leave you with. They leave you with the roach attack. That's yeah. serious business. I mean, roaches creep me the f*** out. So it Absolutely. was very effective. It's me. effective. Because most people hate bugs. And they knew that. And they're like, all right, that's going to be the last thing. And the way we're going to end this film, besides... Tom Atkins getting his throat pinned to death, but no, it's, it's this big corpse of all these bugs coming out of it and shit. It's a, it's a great gag, you know. Well, Just you know because what? I hate bugs, uh, that's why I love it so much. Is because you know it it's, worked. It's supposed on to be. It's yeah. effective, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like Temple of Doom. There's that scene where like Indy and Short Round are going down like the that that's I know what scene you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking absolutely. about. And there's, all those bugs know, and centipedes and shit. Centipedes, all sorts of crazy shit. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's nasty. But I'll tell you what, the roaches in this scene affected me even more than than Temple of Doom. Oh yeah, Ain't no lie. Yeah, because it's I'm not I'm I don't have to worry about gigantic centipedes and weird other things that Willie Scott is touching in her hand with a weird whatever the <laughs> hell that thing was. <laughs> I don't have to worry about those creatures crawling, but roaches. There, there are some roaches up in here, and I don't want to think about it. Leave me alone, roach. Creepy crawlies. Absolutely. Whoa. Um. But overall, I would I would recommend it. I would recommend it. It's just I would say it's a hair below. Like I love it is what I'm saying. So there you go. Good times had by all. Any last thoughts before we move on with our lives? No. <laughs> there it is. All I can tell you is my cats have set off the Roomba. I was trying to figure out why there's a robot sound coming <laughs> at me, and it's the fucking cats have turned on the the Roomba. So in Tales I don't know. from the Dark Side, there was a story called Cat from Hell. There so, is. It's got David Johansson from the New David York Dolls. David Johansson, absolutely. And William Hickey from Christmas Vacation. Yes! Written based on a story by Stephen King. Boom. That'd it all comes, It's all coming back together. Uh-huh. So, thank you very much. Uh, go. You can find us on all sorts of social media. We're on Twitter. Yeah. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. Instagram. There is no Twitter. I keep saying Twitter. It's only X. It's only there is no Dana. There's only Zool. <laughs> uh, we're on Threads. I guess is anybody else on Threads? We may be the only we one. We are, but I don't think I've ever used it. 
<laughs> that and you're that's pretty standard i think in the stage of the game uh we're also on youtube you may be watching us as we speak for goodness you may sake. be so you can also you email us the podcast that wouldn't die at gmail please uh we're on apple Podcasts, spotify anywhere the finer podcasts are available so don't forget to like share rate and review won't you won't you please aaron what is your social media situation oh i'm starting to post on social media again <laughs> i'm on the instagram i am the cult of aaron join the cult i'm don't feed the pigeon i am on artsy and first dibs aaron doherty go buy something i keep telling you that and you ain't doing it but time to get on that <laughs> We, yeah, we like to harangue people into doing it. That's what we're on these Ooh. days. The holidays are approaching. That's right. Ed, where can people find your glorious podcast? Oh, we're on all the major platforms. You know, Apple, Spotify, Google, all that jazz. Um, shoot us an email, filmeffectpod at gmail.com. Website, thefilmeffectpodcast.com. We're on X at filmeffectpod. We're on facebook and all those other glorious apps at the film effect podcast and um yeah that's it check us out new episodes every week bada bing bada boom boom and we'll add uh, your links to our show notes as well. much appreciated cool 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 as you guys know we like to jump in with uh you know listener viewer mail comments questions so let's see what they had to say about the Pope's exorcist. Our Let's episode from a few weeks back. Uh, George Hannah Wilson says, I just got done watching it. The Pope's exorcist is great. It's ridiculous in all the right ways and fun as hell. Great seems really extreme. <laughs> Russell Crowe is great. And he, they need to spin him off and find a new writer director because his character is amazing. The rest of it... What about Ralph Macchio? What about his performance? <laughs> the fake, the Father Macchio. Father Macchio. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> based upon our episode, David Rosen jumped in and said, "This better be a positive episode." Evidently, it's, we're, I, we're I'm, getting, I'm, people are concerned. I think it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was vaguely. I mean, I felt positive about everything I said. I was positively <laughs> correct. So, yeah. Boom. And, and Peter Bena also said <laughs> what he said. This movie was a blast. So, there you go. There you go. Agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. I don't agree to disagree. So one more time, thank you, Ed, for joining us. Thank, thank you for you. having me. This was fun. I loved having you guys on my show. Have you guys back on soon? And thank awesome. you for having me on your show finally. And yeah, creep show. Love the film. Good times. It. It's a classic. It's and a classic. Give it ten stars out of five. Ten. ten <laughs> absolutely. No question. And I was on your show fairly recently. We reviewed all of the Halloween films. Oh, yes. That episode. By, uh, by the time this episode comes out, that should be out already. We're that should already Halloween. be out. So I yeah, fucking uh, dodge that bullet. Check it out. It's a long one, but it's a fun one. It's a fun one. The I like Halloween. to say watching all those movies was a labor of love, but it was more like I went into labor. 
So <laughs> just push. That's right. <laughs> the Halloween Chronicles from Shape to Shamrock. Absolutely. Check it was a blast. So check that out it at was. the Film Effect Podcast. Good time. So thank you very much and be well. I say good day. Toodles.